Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired and we're going to discuss and review Date Night, which is a story from DC Pride number one that uh, features the first appearance of Dreamer in the comics. So Ooh. we actually get a Nia Nall's first appearance. So that's why we are talking about that today. Uh, we're going to be having that discussion. But uh, before we get to that, we need to get to the news. So we do have some news for this episode of Supergirl Radio. And the first one is a pretty big one. Uh, the CW has released a trailer titled Meant to Be a Return Trailer, promoting the return of Supergirl Season 6 on August 24th. Morgan, did you get a chance to watch that today? I did, and definitely not while the opening credits of this were airing. <laughs> Don't think that. That's not what happened. But I did watch it, and uh, I thought there was some uh, some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, you and I were discussing earlier, like, is she fighting a garbage monster? Yeah, and, so... Yeah. And, and then I sent you an Oscar the Grouch gif, and now... <laughs> Now, deep in my heart, I want her to like cheer up Oscar the Grouch as like some sort of <laughs> some sort of storyline. That that would be the perfect Supergirl episode if she got to hang out with <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. Her whole mission for that uh, episode would just be to make him happy, maybe maybe make him smile a little bit. Maybe Oscar, why are you so grumpy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I guess we could get to talking about that. I do have some screenshots that we can talk about. Uh, we're not going to play the trailer on here because, you know, copyright things. Uh, but so we, we do have some screenshots we can talk about. Uh, so uh, speaking of the... Um, trash monster i guess is what <laughs> we're gonna talk and we're gonna uh label it as how dare uh, you talk about my trash monster that way <laughs> i mean maybe he likes being a trash monster uh, maybe he's maybe he's like just coming in with like some takeout in his hands you can't see it he's like hey you guys game night and everybody just freaks out everybody just assumes the worst you see a trash monster and you think run hide but maybe Maybe he just wants to hang out. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's a <laughs> maybe nice. We're being too judgmental of yeah. the giant trash monster. I think so. I think so. Um, I was uh, very curious about this because I was not expecting a trash monster, and <laughs> no one ever does. <laughs> That's the thing about trash monsters. <laughs> so, so I was like, I was uh, doing internet searches for uh, DC <laughs> Comics trash monster, and so <laughs> I did come up with something 
<laughs> I don't think there is technically a, a trash monster, but there is a character in DC Comics, and this will probably not be relevant at all, but I just thought it was funny. I hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a character in DC Comics called Garbage Man, who is, uh, so this is a description uh, of Garbage Man that I found on the interwebs. Uh, I think I put the link uh, to it in the video description below. So if you want to check that out, <laughs> you can. Is uh, uh, So here's the description of Garbage Man. Uh, one of the newest misunderstood monsters in the DCEU. I don't know what I forget when this was written, but it says uh, a misunderstood monster in the DCU who goes by the name Garbage Man, originally a Gotham City lawyer for the Titan Pharmaceutical Company. His name is Richard Moores, and he was on assignment investigating discrepancies for his boss. And I guess this is how he becomes Garbage Man. So this is Garbage and he Man's origin. falls into some <laughs> mutant garbage or something. And so <laughs> Richard Moores was attacked and experimented on by one of the scientists. The scientist, mm -hmm. thinking his experiment's a failure, destroys the lab and disposes of Moores' body. Instead of, <laughs> instead of dying... Moores <laughs> was transformed into something inhuman, a swamp thing like being able to form his body out of trash and mud. To this day, Moores goes by the name Garbage Man, helping those in uh, society's outskirts. So he's a hero. <laughs> what if, uh, again, what if we're, we're really judging the garbage <laughs> monster? And what if his dream is to be a garbage man, like a guy who goes out? <laughs> and puts the garbage away and like he's really he's just got his he's going down to city hall he's got his application in his hand Maybe that's what's <laughs> happening he's like i heard you have an open position and then <laughs> but everybody screams and runs away <laughs> i mean i think those people are heroes so uh I, yeah I, I think that i think that would be very applicable uh i don't i don't think uh this trash monster is garbage <laughs> man from dc comics but that would be awesome but, so. it would uh, be fun <laughs> I do wonder if this is a creation from Nixley. She does have magical power, so I wonder if hmm. she creates a trash monster. <laughs> it feels like something. It feels like something that she could create, um, or that she would create. I just, I, I have so many questions about him. I don't know why. Of a, <laughs> I just really glommed onto him. Like I, I feel like a, a deep kinship with the garbage monster. <laughs> Maybe because I felt like garbage last week, and I was like, I'm, I'm, I was with you, man. I know what it's like. <laughs> don't let them dim your shine, garbage man. <laughs> well, we will have to figure out what's going on with Trash Man because uh, some things are are going down. Uh, we the first thing that we get from the trailer is actually of Kara, which shocked me. I was uh, what starting a Supergirl trailer I, with Supergirl. I was I was blown away. Uh, but yeah, Kara's talking about her fears and being stuck in the Phantom Zone and how cold it was and how uh, breath was like ice. Uh, so she has a really nice moment there with Alex in the trailer um, talking about, you know, getting through it together. So I was pleasantly surprised that uh, Kara was featured <laughs> heavily in the trailer. That made me happy. <laughs> uh, we did get some more. I, I think this is all these these daylight scenes with uh, some huh. chaos around it. I think this is all related to Trash Monster. Now, like, I don't I don't want to get too upset but this looks like maybe what happens after you're finished fighting Garbage Man. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like it looks like maybe garbage man lost there uh and that's just the wreckage of garbage man which is uh (laughs) it's bad for me personally because again i i'm all in on garbage man but also they're (laughs) bad for the environment it looks like i mean apparently you want to you want to fight garbage man and like maybe like a dumpster-esque environment (laughs) (laughs) really contain him uh yeah there's there's some uh that that debris that goose is escaping as fast as his little wings will carry him. I was trying to determine if that was some sort of goose. I don't know exactly what bird that is, but I'm 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 somewhat <laughs> of an expert on uh, Canada geese, and they look a little different from that. So I don't know if uh, if there are any birders who <laughs> listen to or watch <laughs> Supergirl Radio, uh, but please let me know if you've identified what kind of bird this is. It sort of looks like a goose. Uh, but the the coloring is a little different, in my opinion. Uh, but I hope the goose gets away from Garbage Man. We'll see. We'll see if the uh, goose survives. Rachel wants be- to know if if this is going to be um, when we finally learn what happened to the pelicans. I, you know, I actually had that thought when I saw the goose. I was like, <laughs> well, "Are the pelicans around?" No, I, I definitely did have that thought. Uh, I hope we'll get the answer to that. Maybe the pelicans and the geese are hanging out together and they they both have issues with garbage man uh so we'll see uh apparently garbage man i guess is doing something with this what contraction i don't know this looks like it's off in the garbage is garbage man going to space (laughs) i don't know once again we have (laughs) underestimated the garbage maybe garbage man was like i'm working on a science experiment over here don't (laughs) touch it and then everybody just everybody just messes it up yeah uh, so there's several moments in the trailer where it looks like garbage man may (laughs) have been i don't know if he's connected to this at all but it sort of (laughs) it sort of looked like that to me it did look like maybe he was also i mean garbage man is that a little bit of garbage man we're seeing in the shot or is that just a garbage wall is that <laughs> I mean, that's a good question so it does garbage like- man been decorating this whole pier is, <laughs> maybe that's what's happening he's like this is just how i like it <laughs> they had the super friends have come into his home and messed with his stuff and they're now, now they're redecorating they're they're ruining they're ruining his rocket launch like <laughs> I think we're on garbage man's side, honestly. <laughs> I think I'm turn I'm turning to be pro garbage man. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks like he throws uh, Martian Manhunter and a Supergirl into some garbage. Maybe. Uh-oh. Uh oh. I think there's a little bit of a, a fire uh, thing that happens on that as well. Uh, garbage man does look like he's destroying. Whoa destroying some stuff in this facility uh so he, he garbage man can shoot fire uh, i mean garbage I man being able to shoot fire is a twist uh, <laughs> i i didn't see it coming i didn't see it coming but before we judge garbage man can i can i ask what did the dock workers perhaps do to him do, do we know maybe they were like i don't like your garbage maybe it's justified <laughs> <laughs> I think Garbage Man probably has his reasons. I th- I think I think we're prejudging Garbage Man. I think we should just let this play out. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever happens, uh, it's bothering Supergirl because Supergirl in her kryptonite suit. I'm guessing that uh, Melissa was not available for the scene. That's <laughs> oh, usually no. what happens with uh, the crypto suit. Uh, but it does look like that uh, Supergirl is bothered by it, which is kind of sad. Mm. It seems like she's uh, 
maybe having some PTSD or something. I'm, I'm not real sure. Do we uh, think that there's some kryptonite in the garbage? Oh, I did not think about that. She's she's either having flashbacks to something or maybe she's bothered by kryptonite. That could be the case. Uh, it definitely looks like Alex might be here or Sentinel uh, at this point. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. And I actually do like this shot from the trailer of the Sentinel suit because I know we've talked at great length about this suit and uh, <laughs> some of the things that we maybe have thoughts on. But uh, the hood actually looks pretty cool in this shot. I like the inner lining of the hood. I hadn't noticed that before. The hood is the hood is nice in this shot. I, I it, it seems functional and fashionable. I'm still not a fan of the eyeshadow, but <laughs> I mean, but I do like the hood. I think that she she did it. I don't know if that's what the hood always looked like, or if this has been a hood upgrade. <laughs> but but good for you, Alex. I like it. I like I like the fashion that you're bringing. Yeah, so cosplayers, if you're into uh, cosplaying Sentinel, this will give you a really good look of what that costume looks like. Uh, yeah, I, I, I maybe maybe it's because it covers up that blue streak in the hair that I don't like. It's got. <laughs> I think I think a lot of it is that. Yeah, it's like, what is it about Alex's costume that's just working for me so well? Is it that I can't see her hair? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it is for me because that's the one thing that I'm like. I can maybe go with the eyeshadow, but the blue. I like to imagine like that when Alex is getting ready, she like opens up like a she goes into her bathroom, opens up, and there's just all these like little blue hair streaks, like the like clipping ones. <laughs> and she's like, "Are all right, villains of the world, watch out!" As she clips it in, <laughs> Sentinels coming for you. Hold on, I gotta braid it. Gotta braid it. <laughs> well, if she's wearing the hood, it doesn't matter. She can cover. That's that. true. That's true. You can't uh, you can't see her great her great braid. Yeah, so it does just to kind of cover up some of this scene. So it does look like a bunch of fire, like uh, Garbage Man is really causing some chaos here. So I don't know if Garbage Man is connected to the possible, uh, what what does Brainy say? It's a uh, cryonuclear bomb. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I heard him say that and I thought, should I, should I know? Is that made up? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I am think I, it's am I dumb thing. or is this fake? <laughs> I know about nuclear bombs. Uh, I don't know if the, may, maybe there are uh, cryo nuclear bombs. <laughs> I've what, never heard what of What role does the cryo play in it, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> this is a question I asked myself, again, not 30 seconds before we started this <laughs> podcast. But I did ask myself that. I was like, is it, are they freezing something? Are they freezing garbage, man? <laughs> <laughs> Do you freeze something before you blow it up? It seems wasteful. <laughs> or are you like blowing it up and then freezing things down because it'll be too hot? <laughs> they're like they're like hot and cold, baby. <laughs> I don't I don't know what what the the point of that is. Uh, but if somebody uh. If anybody has any thoughts on the the <laughs> cryo nuclear bomb, uh, but yeah, so it look it does look like that maybe some of these scenes from the trailer are connected. Donna says cryo means cold, so is it an ice bomb? So is it like a bomb that <sighs> shoots things icicles? over? Shoots ice? I don't. I have questions. But if it's a nuclear. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't really know. Um I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't the only one who was thrown off by that. I was like, wait a minute, I don't think that's a thing. Well surely they'll explain it in the episode. 
surely sure i'm shaking my head no surely they will explain it (laughs) Uh, but you know who who does have thoughts about the environment and uh uh things of that nature uh zarell uh appearance uh jason Jason hey how are you oh it's been a long hiatus jason bear how are you doing still doing good <laughs> still looking good still looking good jason bear uh he's also it looks like maybe got some new threads yeah he he's got the uh the s shield on his uh on Does his that chest look like a sweater to you it looks like I don't know if it's like a suit or if it's a cozy to- turtleneck, and I think <laughs> I'm fine with either version. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he's uh, got some new uh, S shield threads, but uh, looks good. So uh, he seems very concerned about the oceans. Uh, yeah. So, uh, which I mean, we should all be concerned about the oceans. He probably watched like a couple of Netflix documentaries while he's like acclimating to uh to Earth, and he was like, "Car, car, did you know about this? We gotta. There's all kinds of problems here." And she's like, "Yes, I, I, I do know about the. You, could you stop watching so many environmental documentaries? I can't watch Blackfish one more time, Dad." And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, but it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a problem." I did like that he points out in the um in the trailer he was like this is what happened to krypton and i was like yeah i guess i mean hey okay that <laughs> makes sense to me honestly that's the rock solid logic i can't really argue with that and if we go back to season one it was kind of uh astra's whole point too yeah there was some of that with astra i i don't know if i always equate Kryp- krypton with oceans uh, i mean not specifically but- oceans <laughs> But I mean, you don't you don't really see a lot of depictions of Krypton with uh, big ocean water and waves and things. But maybe that's like, because it used to be like that. And then when we get to Krypton, it's it's about to fall apart and implode on itself. So I was like, we had our own sea world, and it was also messed up. <laughs> and <laughs> but then by the time you were born, there were no seas. <laughs> what if Zorro just gets like really into like sea animals and like surfing? Like he goes oh. through like a whole like beach bum phase where he's got like all those like life is good shirts that's just that's just like <laughs> life's a beat and it's like a little guy with sunglasses and she's like that is so embarrassing that's the, all you wear and he's like life's a beach Kara." <laughs> that uh that i would be okay with uh what what i'm kind of uh uneasy about with that mention is that uh because supergirl likes to address the issues of the day that's a that's a known thing. They've been doing this for a while, and so uh, this this to me was like, oh, there's the climate change is happening. This Here is what we we're <laughs> talking about. Uh, we're we're bringing some climate change things in here. We're so getting I, topical. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what's happening with Zorel. So I guess he's going to be the one to address that. Uh, he was not the only one that came back from the Phantom Zone. We did get to see some Nixley in here. Uh, so she's causing some trouble uh, there. Uh, she interacts with Martian Manhunter, apparently. 
And uh, she also, I love this outfit that she's got on. I can't remember if she had the collar in the Phantom Zone. Ooh, the collar's good, though. But I love the collar. I love a good villain with a high collar. It's it's one of my favorite things. So it's, her- it's like it's like semi-popped. It's high. It gives her some height. It gives her some, like, dramatic flair. I love it. Yeah, she's like rocking Evil Queen Maleficent vibes, and I'm into it. So uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing that Nixley look from her in the trailer. Uh, some other people with some different uh, costume possibilities or super suit possibilities. Uh, uh, Alex is sh- uh, shown talking to Kelly about uh, what what you're going to be and how you got to take some chances in life. And then it goes over to the uh, Guardian oh. helmets. Uh, so uh, I guess we're going to get some Guardian here pretty soon. So uh, that will be cool because we have seen her new suit. We did get an official reveal of that. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how she becomes Guardian. And uh, Do you think that she has a camera that might get run over? I think for <laughs> consistency's sake, a camera She's needs like, to be destroyed. She's like, I, I keep thinking that... I, I want to be able to defend myself. And then some guy ran over my camera and I was like, that's it. <laughs> We're taking back the streets. <laughs> it's like how all Kryptonians have the backstory of like, they had to escape Krypton and they came to earth. Like all guardians should have the camera destroying the backstory. Uh, some camera of theirs was destroyed. And that's when they were like, it's time to defend the city. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I didn't I, even notice that helmet though. That's so funny. I like, I think it might've went by so quick when I was watching it that I saw them talking, but I didn't notice the, the shot of the helmet. Yeah. So I think it's cool that they are giving her a little bit of color. It looks gold. And of course on our uh, guardian character spotlight, we talked about the different variations of guardian. There are many actually. And one of them is the golden guardian. So, uh, so this may be who she is. I'm a little disappointed. It's not a hornblower. That would have been my preference right there. It was right there (laughs) for the taking. I mean, she could have had the horn. She could have used it to, you know, portal herself into different dimensions. I mean, that would have been great. She, she could have kept the shield, but imagine the power of a shield and a horn. <laughs> then she could then she could be everywhere she needed to be to give people therapy. You would just hear it like it, it, you would be like having an existential crisis and you hear like, bah, 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 and then suddenly Kelly's there and she's like, tell me how you really feel about this. <laughs> I think it really would have worked for her. Uh, Alina would have uh, would have heard that horn so often (laughs) (laughs) she might have even had a little horn herself just to call Kelly (laughs) yeah she'd be like help (laughs) I'm feeling big feelings (laughs) (laughs) I guess uh, speaking of Lena it looks like uh, she and Kara have a reunion uh, in this next episode which seems like it it is a lot of it's very red uh, but it seems like this, I think, was one of those uh, reunions with, that was that maybe were cut in the seventh episode because I think we we knew that it got cut short when Kara came back. So this may be just a, a continuation of that. So yeah, it looks, it looks like, like the same set where when they pulled her back. Yeah, and and or something uh, similar. Kara still got the the super suit on. So uh, so there is that. Um, and let's see, what have we, what have we missed while we're talking? Uh, and I guess since, uh, Nia was in that shot with Kara and Lena, I guess we could talk about some Nia stuff. I think this is Nia's apartment. This, uh, sort of Nixley magic that's happening here. I think, Ooh. I don't think this is Kara's apartment. 
No, it doesn't look like it. The the star there makes me think it's maybe Dreamer's place, uh, but I guess unconfirmed at this point. Uh, there was also some more uh, Nia stuff. Her mom is somehow back. What? <laughs> uh, so I guess she does not uh, have a run-in with some spiders anymore. No. No, Rebecca. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait. Okay, wait, wait. Okay. In the last... <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> I can't. I can't let this go. In the last episode... In like the prom, in prom and prom again, uh, part two, electric boogaloo. She was, (laughs) she she was like, I'm back in time to when my mom was not killed by a spider and I should call her. And then she like really battles within herself about whether or not to call her mom. Yeah. Her mom can't be alive post-crisis, right? That's, it can't, it can't be, it can't be. Well, from, from everything (laughs) they were talking about, it sounded like her mom was still gone. Because yes, because Nia, the only way Nia could get in touch with her mom is if she went back in time with them to get Kara's DNA and call then. Yeah, so like, it's got to be a dream, right? Like I can't, <laughs> I can't have this happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is really messing with the post-crisis, post-Amade world. <laughs> I thought I understood. <laughs> <laughs> we almost had it, and now they're throwing. A real uh, throwing us for a loop. But uh, I don't know if if dreamers dreaming. I don't know. Usually with those dreams, they have like a like a a different coloring on those dreams. I don't know. A little bit of like, you know, in Saved by the Bell when they were going into a dream sequence, it would be like and then the the, the edges would go all soft and fuzzy. Like there's usually some different kind of lighting or different camera angles. And this, this looks like a pretty standard two shot, which is concerning me a little bit. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it has a lighting is soft. It's soft. It has a warm colorization. So maybe it's, maybe maybe it's a dream uh we'll we'll see how that goes uh but but it is going to uh mess us up if she is alive in real time i don't know how you could justify that this Uh, makes me it does make me excited that like it does feel like this season has kind of remembered that nia has like this whole family that she hasn't talked to or thought about for a while (laughs) and uh it's okay uh and like they're bringing that back which makes me think that we might get her going back to her like hometown and maybe maybe having some conversations with her sister maybe patching things up with her sister because i feel like they kind of left that storyline dangling she was just like okay well we're not getting along right now but then they never returned to it i mean this is the last season this could be the time this is this is your chance if you're gonna do it you gotta do it now uh, silhouetted animator says uh, there's a place called the dreaming in the comics, which is where Ooh. Dreamer, I think, gets the the power she gets to, you know, pew pew people is, is <laughs> her, her dream energy blasts are from that's how she's controlling the dreaming. So maybe Ooh. it's something that she can go into and that's how she connects with her mom because her mom probably could have. I, I don't know, connected to the dreaming. I don't know how any of that works. Uh, but maybe it's maybe it's kind of like the speed force. I I don't know. I don't I don't know how <laughs> the dream <that> force. <laughs> so so that would I mean it would sort of make sense. I don't know how to explain it exactly, but uh, I could I could maybe buy that if that's how it goes. 
So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So maybe she connects to her mom and through the dreaming. I could, I could be into that. Uh, we also get connected uh, or introduced to this new guy who has like some sort of blast powers. I don't know who this is. Yeah. It's like, who's this guy? Do you think this might, we, I know we talked about garbage man earlier. Oh my God. Do you think this is, do you think this is garbage man? Like pre garbage man? Like before he becomes garbage man? <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was so handsome before he became garbage man. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, that's my speculation at the moment. This may be. I feel like we're, I feel like we're too attached to the garbage man theory and it's literally just going to be a pile of garbage. <laughs> Uh, well, I, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, let's see. There's, <laughs> there's some other things. It looks, uh, it looks like maybe does Kara go back to the phantom zone, uh, office? Is this where this is? Oh, I, I, maybe, maybe this is storage where they, they kept all their evil phantom zone doodads. The only, re- the only reason I ask is cause she's breaking through. Well, she's breaking through glass. I thought it was a mirror. I didn't know if it was like connected to the phantom zone through the it, mirror. It looks like but... there's like a, a screen with like a what maybe is like a pie chart. Uh, so well, maybe... so maybe it's the tower. Could be the tower. Yeah. So why maybe is she they're... breaking the glass in the tower? They're running some analytics on that. <laughs> <laughs> John is not going to be happy if she's maybe this is glass in the tower. Maybe this is like that time where she had like a lot of like PTSD and she flew through when she had the anxiety. She flew through uh, the Catco roof, you know, that thing oh, that was yeah. never talked about again. <laughs> <laughs> she just busted up a building and everybody was just chill with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so maybe it's like that. Maybe she's just she couldn't find the door at, or or a window or, or a balcony, <laughs> and so that's uh, that's what happened. Um, and I guess uh, the final the final shot is a big explosion that happens, and that's definitely Kyler Lee's stunt double when you slow it down. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so some big things are happening in the the episode. That's I guess this is all in reference to the episode that's going to come back uh, on August twenty fourth. There's so, a lot happening in that one. <laughs> there's, there's a lot happening in in this. And I just want to mention that in the trailer, somebody says, oh, where is the, um, let me get my notes. Somebody says, and I, and I couldn't pick, uh, figure out whose voice it was, but somebody says they've released a force of hell on earth. And uh, <laughs> I, I think it's referencing, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's referencing Nixley. But but because I have I've been currently trying to read all of uh, Supergirl in the new 52 because I'd only previously only read the first volume. So I'm reading through all of it and I'm in volume three right now, which is Sanctuary. And there is a character in those comics named Hell. Oh, uh, so I wish as a comic book fan, because this is these are hell appears in uh, it's hell as an H uh, apostrophe E.L. Um, he appears in Supergirl comics, so it would make sense to bring him in. He's another Kryptonian. Uh, I haven't finished the volume, so I don't know how things go down with him. But he's he's uh, know, he's a kind of a shady character in Supergirl. Mm. And kind of has a crush on him, and I'm like, Kara, you get away from that guy. He, he's no good. <laughs> um, but so, as a comic book fan, I would love it to be the introduction of this Hell character. But I don't think that's what's happening. But uh, but that's I mean, 
Hmm. If you're going to drop hell on earth, that would be a, <laughs> that would be a clever uh, way to do that. But I'm not, I'm not counting on that. I assumed it was, yeah, I assumed it was about Nixley, but then I thought to myself, and no shade to Nixley, lover. Is Nixley that bad? Like, Hell on Earth seems a little bit dramatic for Nixley. (laughs) Well, she's creating garbage men. I mean, who among us? Um, (laughs) And, like, is setting off some sort of contraption that goes into creating a garbage man right now. (laughs) Don't don't you worry. (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, I I mean, Nixley does have magical powers where she could do anything. So, I don't know. Maybe she's really causing a bunch of chaos. I don't know. Mm Uh, but it does seem a little over dramatic. It's, it's, I mean, I was like, have, have we earned this with Nixley yet? <laughs> I don't know just yet if we've earned it, but maybe by the end of the episode, maybe, uh, maybe we're going to get there. But yeah, so that is, uh, kind of the, the big thing about the episode where, were those shots, uh, or not the episode, but the trailer. So we'll see, we'll have to see if we, if any of our speculations are correct. None of them probably will be. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think Garbage Man is going to be some misunderstood genius. I, I uh, <laughs> feel like I'm going to be disappointed on that tab. <laughs> man, I really want that to be Garbage Man from DC Comics. Now I feel attached to him. Me um, too. <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um. So there's apparently an official CW Supergirl season six synopsis that we missed. Uh, but Mark, one of our listeners, sent it to us. Uh, so we've linked it in the video description of this live stream. So if you'd like to look at it, we'd love you uh, for you to do that. The first two paragraphs are basically a recap of what the show is and which characters are involved. But the third paragraph, <laughs> this is where it gets good. This is this is where it shines. The third paragraph <laughs> is where the description writer really let to like let loose and like bring some flavor. So <laughs> we just really wanted to like let you know that, that like if you want to just it's it's just kind of like, to the third paragraph it's kind of like when you're watching parks and recreations you skip the first season it's kind of <laughs> like that just skip to paragraph three <laughs> and you're gonna be okay um so paragraph three reads in the sixth and final season supergirl will immediately be thrust into the greatest challenge of her life forced to confront her own mortality and the prospect of losing all hope no, <laughs> not all hope. All right. All right. I'm in this description. <laughs> As her friends rally to help her in this difficult fight, a new villain will arrive in National City and test her resolve. While trying to save National City, Supergirl and her friends will confront issues of social justice. They always do, including <laughs> prejudice, racism, intolerance, societal ills that Supergirl's alter ego, Cara Danville. Danvers will take on as a journalist as threats mount on all sides and new villains partner with old villains. The super friends find themselves in a race to amass power in their attempts to keep everyone safe. Ultimately, the super friends will have to examine their own use of power and confront their own blind spots. Supergirl will learn that her real power comes from within and that her greatest gift is inspiring others with hope speeches to access the (laughs) same power within themselves. Our super friends will learn that the best way for heroes to help the world is by empowering each individual. Only then will they be stronger together. 
Interesting. So I like the 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 stronger together uh, mention at the end. That's very early on in season one. Uh, I believe it's power. episode two. <laughs> uh, there is a, a great emphasis on power. We we hadn't covered the synopsis, but we knew about the theme. We knew about the theme of the season being power. Power. Uh, which their power your power everyone's power <laughs> it can power be good or is it always bad um yeah so th- there's a lot of that and i i i have to be honest when i read this and it got to the part about addressing racism and intolerance and all that kind of stuff i was like i now i realize those are important topics they really are and how many episodes does supergirl have left they're gonna solve intolerance well, and we've also talked about that stuff a lot. Like season four, that's all it was. That was a big of part season of two. season four. Yeah. Uh, had a lot of that. So I don't know. Yes, that's right. I don't know how much how much more can you, you dig into? I mean, I guess there's. We'll find out. Well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. That was not necessarily exactly what I was hoping that the uh, synopsis would say, but uh, that's uh, what we're, uh, I guess, going towards. I I hope it means some good things for, for Kara as a character, because it seems like she is going to be uh, facing some of her issues head on. And she's going to be doing that both as Supergirl and as Kara. Like, it sounds like there's going to be some Kara Danvers journalist reporter. That makes me think she'll show up to work at least <laughs> once in the last 13 episodes. <laughs> that she will maybe talk to at least one source. Um, <laughs> and maybe do a story that gets a Pulitzer and solves well, that's, intolerance. That's, <laughs> that's usually how it goes. In season four, she, you know, investigated a few things. But then in the end, she, she won a Pulitzer. Uh, about a story that uh, ended up not being the case anymore after Lex Luthor was uh, resurrected. <laughs> Her whole story <laughs> was about how he died. And Maybe this is how she life. like wins the Pulitzer for the second time. Yeah, this, like, is, this is the post coming back. I'm coming Pulitzer. back for you, Pulitzer. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, if it if it focuses more on Kara, I'm into it. So, hopefully, that's uh, that's going to be handled well, and we'll Fingers get crossed. to see a, a lot of Kara Danvers journalists. Well, also in our final bit of news, according to comicbook.com, 20 years after it premiered, Smallville is finally coming to Blu-ray for the first time. So I'll I'll bring that up so everybody can see it. Uh, This is what the uh, Blu-ray box set will look like. To celebrate 20 years of the CW's longest-running superhero show, Smallville, the complete series, 20th anniversary edition. Don't let that number... Uh, drag you down, Morgan, because I'm trying not to. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Wait, 20 years since it premiered? I, yeah, what? Well, it's gotta be. 2001, it's gotta 2001. Be. Okay, okay. I thought it was like 20 years since it ended, and I was like, no, no. what? I was just like looking into, like, I, I had a, like a dark night of the soul. Like, <laughs> no, this is, like, how could it be? <laughs> this is since it premiered. So, uh, okay. To celebrate 20 years of the CW's longest-running superhero (laughs) show, Smallville, the complete series 20th anniversary edition, will soar onto Blu-ray for the first time ever from Warner Brothers Home Entertainment on October 19th, 2021. This set for the Ultimate Fan features all 218 episodes along with over 28 hours of bonus features from all 10 seasons, plus an included digital copy that can be redeemed on Movies Anywhere. While it does not appear that there were any new bonus features created for the 20th anniversary collection, the box set will include two DVDs of bonus content originally exclusive to the 2011 DVD release of Smallville, the complete series. 
Uh, if you're curious about how much this costs, uh, the set is listed on BestBuy.com uh, for $159.99. So uh, if you have close to $200 and really want to watch all 10 seasons of Smallville, this, this is for you. <laughs> yes, there are 218 episodes of Smallville. And by the time you get to the end, you're like, yes, that was 218 episodes for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I felt each one. (laughs) And I can say that because Rebecca and I, we watch Smallville in real time. That's why we're having a crisis of mortality, uh, knowing that it came on 20 years ago. We watched, I remember talking to Rebecca, like, oh my God, can you believe what happened in season four? Like, oh my God, that was like 15 years ago. Yeah, so that does make me feel pretty old. And I have I have mixed feelings on Smallville. You know, there were there were good moments. I, I try to cling to the good moments uh that I remember. Uh, one of them is uh me meeting Morgan Glennon uh through the Smallville fandoms. So that's oh, that's Smallville. one of those those good <laughs> things that came out of Smallville. But uh it's important for Supergirl fans because uh Laura Vandevort's Supergirl, her her Kara was in a season seven, eight, and I believe ten for an episode. So, oh yeah, that's so right. She, so she appeared quite a bit. Uh, season seven is actually better, I think, because Laura Van Voort is in it, and uh, I really I like her her Kara. So, uh, what was your favorite season of Smallville? Ooh, I know. I know. I know a lot of people point hot to season. Topics. Yeah, this is some hot takes that are coming up. I uh, I know a lot of people talk about season three, and season three is great. Really, the odd seasons of Smallville were the always odd seasons, better. Man. <laughs> they were always better. I think season five. I really enjoyed the season five of it all. I mean, Carrie Fisher uh, showed up for an episode. I love. I, I loved a lot of those episodes in season five. So I think I'm gonna go season five. I think season five was mine too. That's so funny. Uh, I think that they. I feel like for for me, season five is when they finally were like, I think I know what to do. It's been five years, but I think I know what to do with Lana and like that. <laughs> God, but poor Kristen Kirk. And I think that was like the, the they were like, we've unlocked it. We've done it. <laughs> and it didn't feel like they were just kind of fishing around for something for this very prominent character to do. Uh, and they finally like kind of figured out. And then season six, they got, they were like, all right, we figured out what to do with Lana. What if we just made her go crazy? And, and then like, that, that was was my so favorite great. Lana season. Yes. That was the best Lana season. That was the best Lana season. She, Do you uh, remember she, when her she, and Lex make out over a dead body? That was <laughs> that was top tier Lana lying right there. <laughs> she and Lex get married. She becomes Lana Luther. She is threatening people in elevators. She wields guns and she knocked people over the head with shovels. And it was like my favorite <sighs> favorite so Lana great. season. I, I loved her so much that season. I was like, what is this feeling? Am I loving Lana Lang? <laughs> Am so I living funny. for what she's going to do next? <laughs> when, she, when she went crazy, that was that was the best Lana that appeared on Smallville. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, so mixed feelings on Smallville. But... If you're a fan, this is this is a good thing because uh, Blu-rays are always higher quality. So if you're yeah. like if you're like oh, I already got ten seasons of that show on DVD, but if you really love it, the Blu-ray it's gonna be better. The Blu-ray quality is always better. Take it from me. I used to QC DVDs and Blu-rays, and sometimes I would watch the DVDs and then watch the Blu-rays. Totally different experience. So if you like Smallville, you maybe should get the Blu-rays because it will be a better experience. 
Mike is only always kind of trolling me about my my DVD collection because I had like a ton of DVDs like back when like DVDs were like oh my god this is the only way I can catch up on season blah 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 of you know Smallville or whatever I would get the DVDs and so I had all of these DVDs and Mike was like what are you ever going to do with those I was like I don't know so it's good to have your media in a physical form and he's like well I'm never gonna watch a DVD it's like it's high (laughs) def or bust and I was like excuse me we've had many arguments about this (laughs) I used to have a six disc uh, DVD changer and I would load it up with all my Smallville DVDs and just be like alright let's do this season nice <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so good <laughs> I would have to like take it out of like the package and I think Smallville was one of those ones that had the annoying packaging oh yeah and, had to flip, out and flip out and yeah. flip out yeah. and then there was like one DVD nested on top of the other DVD yes. so if you were on like the bottom DVD you would have to take out the top DVD, pull out the bottom DVD, and put the top <laughs> DVD back on. This is, listen, I have trauma because the Buffy DVDs and the Angel DVDs <laughs> were exactly the same. And so every time I was like, I just want to see what happens to Wesley. Like, <laughs> I just had to, and it was... <laughs> inevitably for me one of the little things that you put the dvd in would break and so the the disc wouldn't go in all the way <laughs> so like sometimes it would slip out oh yeah it, and you'd it open your rough. dvd and like a disc would just come rolling out and you're <laughs> yes. like no it's gonna get scratched <laughs> <laughs> oh Memories. yeah i do i do love a physical copy but that is that is trouble. Those are the downsides. Those are the <laughs> yeah. downsides of the physical copies. Yes, I agree. Well, uh, so there is your Smallville news. Uh, for for listeners of Supergirl Radio who always tell us, you know, more Smallville talk. <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody wants to open that Pandora's box of like, <laughs> Rebecca texted me about this Smallville thing. Like, it was like, oh, Smallville. And I was like, how is it that I have still so, so many complicated feelings about <laughs> a, like a television show that ended so many years ago that started 20 years ago (laughs) (laughs) well it's just funny that they would release this now because didn't crisis just recently like invalidate the entire show because the whole point of the the finale of the show invalidated the whole show i mean if we're gonna get to it But like the whole point of that show was for clark to become superman and then in crisis on infinite earths he's like nah i'm just i'm gonna just be married and have kids it's gonna be fine i forgot about that (laughs) i repressed that (laughs) so now you're asking fans to go back and buy a 200 dollar blu-ray set for a show that's been invalidated twice (laughs) twice they're like, hey, do you want to watch the story of how Clark Kent becomes Superman? Joke's on you. Yeah. <laughs> this is how Clark Kent becomes stay-at-home dad Clark. Yeah. You got a farm? <laughs> stay-at-home dad Clark. I would actually uh, watch a show about I stay-at-home dad Clark. Me too. He's going to have all kinds of trials and tribulations. Didn't he, kids. even in crisis, didn't he give up his powers? I don't think he even had superpowers anymore. I don't think he had superpowers anymore, no. I don't think so. I don't remember, but I don't think so. That that feels right. I uh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh so so Smallville's ultimate way is to like invalidate its own reason for existing. That's like a very Smallville thing to it's do. It's a very so. Smallville thing to do. Uh yeah, so that's 
that's uh, our Smallville news for this episode of Super <laughs> <laughs> So to get to our main discussion for why we are here, we are going to discuss uh, DC Pride number one's uh, Dreamer story called Date Night, uh, which was written by Nicole Maines, who plays Dreamer on the CW Supergirl. Uh, the artist was Rachel Stott, uh, Enrique, uh, no, Enrica, Enra, Aaron Angiolini is the colorist. Steve Wands was the letterer. Diego Lopez was the editor. And there was no description specifically for the date night story, but the description of DC Pride number one describes it as the thrilling introduction of a new hero dreamer in the DCU as seen as as seen on the CW's Supergirl. So, uh, Morgan, what are your thoughts on the story of this issue? Well, it was really exciting to see Dreamer in the comics. That was, first of all, I was like, yay, Dreamer. Uh, and I thought that the art was really good. Uh, and I really enjoyed the, the definitely, definitely enjoyed the art aspect of the comic. Uh, I will say, so I bought the whole issue, clearly. Uh, yeah. And then I was like, where is it in the issue? Because I want to start with that one. And then I'll read the rest because I needed to do it for this podcast. Um, <laughs> and the thing is, in the beginning of the issue, they don't tell you page numbers. I, oh, did, I, did they not? I had to just uh, flip through. They did not. Uh, I looked many times. I was like, just tell me. And so I had I ended up reading like a whole comic before it, before I got to date night. And then I was like, oh, here is this. <laughs> <laughs> I only I only knew because there was a giant splash panel of Dreamer. Yeah. And that's how I knew that I was going in the right direction <laughs> towards the Dreamer story. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm in this now. I'm closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hidden in there. If you're not looking, if you're uh, if you're unable to find it through the table of contents, which is weird because normally for these big volumes yeah. of things, they that's will put it in there. <laughs> that's what I expected. There is a table of contents that tells you all the stories that are going to be in the issue, but they don't come with page numbers unless I have completely missed it. No, there's definitely not. I, it, I is, again. <laughs> it is page, uh, I believe, 60 in the digital version. Uh, so if you are looking to find it and you have trouble, it's, uh, it starts on page 60. And it is kind of uh, misleading because it doesn't have a normal t or a typical like cover page that you would normally think of. It just kind of has a little bit of a title there at the bottom. So you have yeah. to be lo looking for it. So it's like really easy. And I kept thinking that there was going to be like splash art or like art between each individual story and that's how i would know but sometimes there isn't uh so this one i think went right from the like the end of the previous comic if i remember right yeah it's the, the end of the previous comic and then right into date night and so i thought that there would be like a like a big splash page because there are a couple in the book there's like one of constantine and like a couple other ones in the pride issue, but there wasn't between those two. So I was like, am I, did I make it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think you got there. Yeah. It had uh, paid the page before it uh, says the end. So, you know, that's <laughs> that, that helps you. That helps. So, you know, that one's <laughs> over. Uh, but what, what did you think about the, the story in this one of, of Dreamer uh, taking on the, the League of Assassins, uh, not Assassins, that's a different group in DC Comics, the League of Shadows? Uh, what were your thoughts? I thought it was interesting. So I thought that there were a couple of different like layers. So she's kind of out on her own patrolling 
And Car is like, don't you have a date tonight? And she's like, don't worry about it. I'm just going to do like one little thing and then I'm going to go on my date. But it turns out that she's like hiding a, hiding a secret from Kara, which I was surprised about. I was like, I thought you got, I thought like she told Kara stuff, but she was like, I don't want to worry Kara. I'm, I'm going to be honest, and I don't know if this is a, con- a controversial take, but I didn't like the way this issue was. I mean, I, I liked that. I mean, it's it's a short story. Like, you only have eight pages to do uh, to do anything, really. Um, but the the interaction with Supergirl, I don't know. I kind of wish that Supergirl honestly was wasn't even in this because the at the beginning, the way she's interacting with Supergirl, uh, Supergirl's like, "Hey, you know, Dreamer can uh, do you need help with anything?" And and Dreamer's like, "No, you know, I, I got it. That you, this is this is all good. But maybe maybe you can go deal with that bank robbery that I saw in my dream." And I'm like, "Is Dreamer giving her orders of what to do?" <laughs> It's Dreamer the boss now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hang on a hang on a second. I I don't know that I like the way that this is this is happening with Supergirl. Um, and then they reference sectors like they were Green Lanterns, and I I don't they don't really talk that way on the show, so I, that was kind of new too. But I yeah I I wasn't and and then at the end with Supergirl, she uh, Brady says something like, "Are you going to tell Supergirl about all this?" And she's like, eh, "Car Car doesn't need to, or doesn't have to know." I was like, she didn't have to know the whole <laughs> the whole story is about you taking on the League of Shadows who are like the national city will fall and somebody's going to send some more things, which I guess is a, a reference to Talia al Ghul. But somebody's going to send some more things and people to come and make sure national city falls. That seems like something Supergirl maybe should know about. <laughs> maybe this is just me. I don't know. But I was not feeling the, the Supergirl stuff in this. Yeah, I was interested on your take, too, because that threw me really that threw me off because I feel like in the show they work really collaboratively. And like, I don't feel like Nia really keeps secrets from um, from Kara. And in this uh, in this comic, it was kind of the idea that she was that maybe she had seen something in her dream that concerned her. And so she didn't want to tell Kara about it because she didn't want to like stress her out or she didn't want to like scare her or concern her but she's super girl so yeah. it's kind of like she kind of needs to be in the loop on that stuff yeah i mean i could maybe buy it if if she's concerned about supergirl's well-being or something like that i like i would be okay with that but the, the way as it is written and sort of played in this issue i was like oh, i don't know how i feel about that uh, <laughs> that was that was not my favorite yeah, I wanted a, like a little bit more back. I felt like this was definitely an issue where I felt like the eight pages was was tough, and like mm-hmm. I wish they there were more pages. Basically, I wish it was like a full issue to be able to like explore that you know that struggle that she was having about whether or not to tell Kara about what's happening, and like the idea of maybe wanting to protect Kara or maybe being concerned about Kara, and maybe she. It felt like it almost felt like she had seen something. That was like maybe car would be in danger if she came, but they don't really dive into it or they don't have time or room to dive into it. And so I was just kind of left with like Nia's seems to be keeping secrets from Kara for question mark, question mark reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been an interesting thing to explore. But uh, to your point, I mean, the eight page is very limiting in what you can do with the story. Um, What? 
Okay, I guess uh, maybe maybe this question should be set up. Uh, I guess maybe <laughs> I'm trying to find the best way to say this. Uh, do you think this plot is just basically Batman Begins? Hmm. Mm. A- am I the only one that connects <laughs> those dots with with the League of Shadows and then oh. those, the the thing being put into the water system? Because that's exactly what happens in Batman Begins. You know, it's been a while since I've seen Batman Begins, but I don't think that you're wrong. Uh, I think you're right, actually. I th- Was it in the water, too, that they were doing in Batman Begins? Yes. Yeah. Scarecrow was yeah. going to put it in the water supply. But doesn't it end up in the air? They sort of, like, spray it around. Um, but the, yeah. the, plan, the plan was for Scarecrow to put it in the water supply. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, yes. the, the 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 League of Shadows is also heavily, <laughs> is heavily also featured in Batman Begins. It's also um, involved. Yeah. Um. Yes, I think that you're correct. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that that was one of those things that I was like, oh, okay. Um. I mean, I guess, I guess I was hoping for something a little more original. Uh, but then I, I don't know. I felt it felt a little too Batman Begins ish to me. Yeah, we have a silhouetted <laughs> animator in the uh, in the chat who says that's straight out of the Batman Contagion storyline from the comics, and Gotham and Arrow adapted that storyline too. So apparently, this is a very popular Batman esque storyline. So yeah kind of referencing it i guess but i feel like for dreamers uh comic debut i would have preferred maybe even like a i I liked the action definitely but like with eight pages i would have preferred a little bit more character stuff and then maybe like some light hitting of things (laughs) (laughs) she does do a lot of action uh uh, it was hard at first for me to buy that dreamer could take on the league of shadows because i mean batman had to train for many years i i guess uh or at least a couple of months i mean at the very <laughs> least uh to train with the league of shadows uh and i, I believe sarah lance was she with the league of assassins or the league she of shadows they're kind yeah. of used almost interchangeably but i think she was a it with different. some sort of league so yeah definitely she got some sort of like bj's costco card to a league yeah so uh so you would think that those people would be pretty uh formidable in fighting but but then by the end of the comic, I, I sort of bought it a little more because Dreamer uses her uh, Dreamer energy into weapons. She talks about that in the uh, the description of Dreamer, that she can transform that into weapons. And she has swords and stuff. And so that that was actually <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, Dream energy swords. Uh, but it was it was hard for me at first to be like, should Dreamer be able to like punch these guys <laughs> just, yeah, that, just by that her, also... her fist? That also threw me off. And so there's a there's a couple panels on, let's see, I think it starts around page, it's like a full, it's a really cool full page panel on page 62 where you see, and I think it's the background of this live stream where you see yeah. dreamers kind of up in the air and you see all her hands are like hitting people and, and avoiding things and ducking and doing, you know, all kinds of fighting maneuvers. Um and presumably she's like taking on the league of shadows. Um, you see her in the next panel in 63, like jumping over people and fighting people and going like, Hey, yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, the thing is a dreamer, her, we, we know the dreamers powers are mysterious. Um, 
and 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 in some ways unknowable. Um, but <laughs> but I feel like what I know Dreamer about is like puns, definitely, definitely. Yeah, puns. there were those were featured in, in this loved, issue. Loved that. Loved they that energy. Great. They were great. But I feel like I know her for her her weird uh, nebulous powers, but not specifically for like fighting, like hand to hand fighting skills. And so that threw me off quite a bit. So I did have a question for you about page 62. Uh, the <laughs> question is, what is happening? I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, what I think maybe is happening is that she's, do you think she's seeing the fighting with them? Oh my God. Like before she does it, is she, is she like having some sort of precognition of like, I'm going to have to punch this guy here and I'm gonna have to do this here. And then she does it. I think you're right. Okay. So my, <laughs> first read on that panel was why are there so many hands that was the first read. <laughs> then when i started to go deeper into the source material i was like <laughs> are her hands currently fighting mm -hmm. um are they currently waging a war yes um and that's kind of where i ended up but now if i go a layer deeper i can see that like yeah she's probably closing her eyes taking a quick little snooze uh, so that she can see how everybody attacks her so that she can then use her dream powers to, like, fight them, which is a cool use of her powers. I, I actually really do like that. I wish it was – I wish this panel did the work of telling me that's what was happening uh, because I had – I didn't know. I was like, I guess she's fighting somebody in this panel, but we just can't see them and they're just hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I guess I'm sort of the opinion that I I like trying to figure it out. So I guess I wouldn't want somebody to tell me exactly what's happening. I kind of like the open-endedness of what is happening here and having to figure <laughs> and figure it out, but it it sort of seems like maybe that's what's happening. And if that is the case where she's like having some precognition and she's seeing herself do it before she does it, I think that's pretty cool. That's probably probably my favorite part of the issue. And it does explain to me how she can like Sarah Lancet through that crowd of assassins, right? And, like hold her own because I was I was side eye. I, I was like, listen, I love Dreamer too. I don't know. I don't know about this one. I don't know about this one. <laughs> uh, but it does kind of explain it to me. Like if she has foreseen everybody's attacks, then she can then defend herself and you know and attack back in a way where she could take down a lot of the League of Assassins easily. And uh, she would sort of take them off guard. Like, they would Exactly. No. Yeah. And it seemed like she was using her dream power um, really effectively in this issue to be like, she knew where they were going to be, and she knew that what, what was going on. And, and when they threatened her, there seemed to be like a, no, like a knowing that she kind of knew things were going to happen when they were going to happen. Uh, so I do think that there was the idea in this issue that like when her like her powers at their full development would allow her to like know things um, ahead of time. Yeah. And silhouetted animator said Nicole Main said in an interview with uh, CBR, which I think is comic book resources, that this is her at the point where she has full control of her powers. So that would make sense because she doesn't seem to have any trouble with it like she does sometimes on the show. Uh, she was able to do everything very effectively. So um, did you have any other thoughts about uh, the characterization of Dreamer or even Brainy? We see Brainy a little bit here in this issue. 
So I see, uh, I just wanted to read off this comment from Julia, which is a good one. She said, I think they've established on the show that she can use her dream power to predict moves to a degree. I think she was training with Brainy in season four. So this is like a, a established power that she has. Uh, so it does make sense that that's kind of something that she tapped into. As always with a dreamer story, I find myself questioning what can and can't she do? <laughs> I think she did a little bit of that with Agent Liberty in season four. I think that's maybe what Julia's yeah. thinking about. There was a little bit of that, if I remember that correctly. So that's that's a good point. Um, so so what did you think about the inclusion of Brainy in this? Uh, I like I liked having Brainy uh, Brainy there to kind of play off of her and kind of allow her to uh, to talk to somebody while she's like doing all this like kicking butt and taking names and stuff like that and i think it allowed her to i liked the characterization of dreamer in this issue just because i liked that she was like fun and she was sassy and she was kind of enjoying herself as she was you know as she was fighting all of these like league members and uh and i thought that that brainy really kind of added to that by like being able to like call her in while he's like getting ready for the date and and not being too concerned about whether she can take like a whole bunch of like league of assassin members like she's she's fighting but she's also kind of like on a bluetooth conversation about like what they're gonna <laughs> if they're gonna get italian that night which i which i liked <laughs> yeah there was a, a good bit of comedy i thought in this and I, I think that worked for the dreamer character and for brainy i thought brainy was pretty character correct here and I like in the description uh, that they have of Brainiac 5, it says uh, Coral Docs, Kaluan, 12th level, super intelligence, cute face. So, <laughs> uh, so I thought that was good. I, I, could, I could almost, uh, I don't know, that seemed very Nicole Maines to it me did, to put yeah. that in there. So I, I'm glad to kind of hear her voice in there. So I, yeah, I, I thought his characterization was good. I think a lot of the jokes really landed to me. And I think it's because this issue was written by Nicole Maines and she really, she loves dreamer and she really understands dreamer and, and you know, some of that voice is her own. So I thought that that like bringing that to the character on the page really worked for me. Like I could hear dreamer saying all of the things she was saying, all of the dream puns and, uh, <laughs> and all the, like the back and forth banter with brainy about like going out to dinner and, and, and things like that. I also, I loved the ending, um, which is that <laughs> <laughs> she fights the main guy from the League of uh, Shadows or Assassins. Yes, Shadows, yeah. Um, and then she knocks him unconscious. And then she's like, okay, well, I got to go to my date. Uh, but she still wanted to, uh, she wanted to question him about something. So she didn't want to leave him for the police. So instead she takes the unconscious league of uh, shadows, like main guy with her to the movies uh, where he sits unconscious next to them while they like cuddle and eat popcorn. <laughs> and she's handcuffed to him. So he's it's not so going anywhere. And, and he has a uh, sleeping beauty written on the top of his head. <laughs> it's a, another good dream pun so ends it with a good dream pun uh yeah i like that that page it it, it ends on a good note because it it does get you from point a to point b like they set it up at the beginning dreamer is going on a date with brainy she's got to go through this whole league of shadows thing first and then they get there so i think for eight pages it it, it almost seems like it would be so hard to do just in eight pages to to tell a complete story in such a short amount of time. So I think for the most part, the story got there, got where it needed to go. 
So uh, I think that it was successful in that way that it, it told the story and it ended kind of on a, a, you know, a happy note, a happy fun note. So I think it was an enjoyable read uh, for that, even though I'm like, oh, the Batman Begins thing is a little <laughs> too close for my comfort. But I think it did, you know, it accomplished, I think, what it set out to do. It makes me it makes me wonder if Nicole had read some of the, you know, some of the Batman stuff that it was pulling from, like some of the original source material and was just kind of looking for a thing that the League of the League of Shadows does a lot and was like, <laughs> this is kind of their jam. That like, is their is thing. Like kind of what they're into. <laughs> that is their thing. And I was glad that Nicole was able to work some things in that the show might not be doing, like the mention of her sister, like the mention yes. of uh, Maeve and Bran asks, uh, what do you think the deal is with Nia's sister? Is she kidnapped or now a member of the League? I like that it was ambiguous. Uh, yeah, the League of Shadows guys seem to know her sister. Know, and he knew everything about her, actually. Uh, yeah, he dropped so a mention to her, her sister. And I really liked that, like, again, we, we it's been a long time since we've revisited Nia's, uh, like, home life and, uh, and situation. But uh, it was nice to get, like, a, uh, a mention of, of her her family and her sister and and uh she she really gets thrown off by that that he's mentioning her sister uh so yeah it made me want to know more about like the world of this like eight page comic basically it like really drew me in yeah so i was glad that she was able to get to that uh aspect uh of the dreamer character that has not been fully explored on the show hopefully maybe i don't know if we'll get Maeve if we get nia's sister on the show uh in season six uh, or nia's mother in uh, since we're getting nia's mother in, on the show in season six i wonder if we'll uh get Maeve again but i it always sounded like it was up to the actress's schedule whether or not they could get her or not so at least they could get her a mention in in this one in this uh, <laughs> in this eight page story. Uh, so, did you have any other like favorite panels or pages? I know I know we both liked uh, I think page sixty two, uh, which I thought was probably like the coolest page in my opinion. But uh, did you have any other favorite uh, bits of art that you liked? Yeah, uh, I think that I think honestly sixty two was like I I went through after I, after I read the dream after I found and read the dreamer story <laughs> I went through and I read the rest of the uh the pride issue and I I liked it I liked a lot of the stories in it I have to say I think that 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 one the page 62 was like maybe one of my favorite panels in the whole issue like the whole 80 page issue so bravo to that to to them because I thought it was one of the coolest uh, one of the coolest pages that they had in this issue um, with all the hands and, and, and things like that. Um, but also I really liked the, uh, I really liked the end uh, issue uh, the end page. So she shows up at the the movie theater and her and Brainy kiss. And it's like a, like kind of like a sparkly background. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you like pan down to them in the theater with the unconscious handcuffed, uh, villain. And I thought that that was just such a funny, like sight gag that worked, uh, that works so well for that character. Yeah, I think it does uh, give the story a good ending. Uh, for me, I think uh, the only other thing I would mention, um, I like the uh, the close-ups of eyes in this issue. I think there's a couple Ooh. of instances of it. Uh, there's one on page 62, and then there's another one on... What is when this? he mentions page sixty four, yeah, yeah, I like the the cinematic use of the the close ups there because it really brings 
the intensity into those moments. Uh, so I, I really like that. And even the way that Dreamer's hair is uh, falling over the mask, I thought was really good. And also on that page, uh, 64, there's also a, uh, let me get these, a, a swoosh. Uh, when uh, she draws the, um, <laughs> yes, I guess, is. the dream energy. Is, is it just one sword or does she have two? I think she's got two. She might have two. So, uh, so I, I like that. That That's that's pretty cool. I, I like all the, the blue lights there and the, the sort of sparkly light light uh, that's coming off the, the dream energy sword. So I think that would probably be my other favorite uh, moment in the issue. Uh, so I guess overall thoughts, what did you think about, uh, Dreamer's first appearance in, uh, comics? Uh, I was excited to see her in comics. I, I enjoyed the issue thoroughly. I liked, uh, I liked seeing her in action. I liked seeing her, the ability, like her ability in this issue to use all of her powers so well. And like, she seemed like she really knew how, like what power was like the right time to use for what thing. And uh, I like to see like a, you know, like a powerful dreamer who's kind of in control of her, um, her crime fighting. I, I, I didn't love the stuff with Supergirl, but like, uh, I thought that that was, you know, it, it was underdeveloped to the point where it could have been left out, I think, because it, it made you ask too many questions about yeah. like, <laughs> well, why isn't she telling her this? And why is she like making her go across town on some wild goose chase when she's like, you know, taking on the league of shadows. That doesn't make a lot of sense. A <laughs> uh, Supergirl would probably be like, even if it was just like, she's like, it's my time to shine. You know, it, something like that would, would sit better with me than like her going like, no, go over there. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell her about it either. I'm not going <laughs> to tell her she's fine. Uh, I thought that that was kind of the only thing about this issue that really kind of threw me off. Like I was a little thrown off by her, um, you know, her, yeah, her fighting <laughs> abilities. <laughs> but uh, now that, now that you, I, mentioned think, I think we worked through those. that, pa that paddle, yeah. like really like that got me there on the fighting. I'm like, cool. That's a really awesome use of her powers. But the Supergirl stuff was the only thing that threw me off. Otherwise I really liked this issue. I liked her, her banter and uh, and like the humor that they brought into the the issue and just kind of a day in the day in the life of Dreamer and it, it makes me think that they could very easily give this character some more time in a comic book and maybe her own maybe her own book and that I would want to read it. Yeah, there's definitely stories that you could tell with Dreamer. Uh, I mean, I would love to see more with her and her sister Maeve and the dynamic of how that works out. So. I mean, there's there's a lot you could do with that. I don't know if they'll expand that, but uh, I think this was a uh, a good first appearance for Dreamer in the sense that I think if you had never heard of Dreamer, if you didn't see Dreamer on the show, it kind of at least gives you a good introduction of who Dreamer is, what um, at least <laughs> somewhat about what the powers are that she is able to do and how she is able to use them. So I think it gives at least uh, a non Supergirl fan a good introduction to who dreamer is, who are her established relationships are where she's located. You know, all those, all those details are there uh, that she has a sister, that kind of thing. So uh, I, yeah, I was kind of bothered by the Supergirl stuff too. And I was a little kind of, I know I, know I keep mentioning the Batman begins thing, but I just couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Cause I, I tried to look up different, like I tried to look up other reviews to see if other people were connecting this to uh -huh. Batman begins and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, Am I 
the only one who's <laughs> noticing that this is the plot of Batman Begins. Um, but other They're than just really into that, that's just their thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I did I did like the uh, being able to see Dreamer really uh, in control of her powers, and and I thought the art was really good, and uh, the characterization of Brainy I thought was really good. So I, I think uh, for Nicole's first comic, that's that's awesome. I think she she did a good job, and I'm glad that you know uh, when we talked with her, it was. Uh, apparent that she loved comics and she loved the character of Neuronal and loved Dreamer that she gets to portray on the show. And so I'm I'm happy for Nicole that she actually got to tell a story because I think there's a lot of stories that she has up in her her yeah. head, up in her brain uh, for what she could do with the character. And so I'm glad that she was afforded that opportunity to do that. Well, I think you can tell that she really, truly enjoys comics because I think that the just the pacing of the story was was just really good. The way that the everything kind of flowed together and the the use of like the puns and and the fight sequences and everything like that. Like I I thought it was really great. I would love to read more comic stuff from from Nicole if she ever wants to do that. It was actually to to that point. It was very readable. It was an easy read. It was a you know it was a good read. You know, able to you know for somebody like me who's like just read that one book, Rebecca, just read it. <laughs> it was it was easy. It was easy for me to read, and I can't say that about every comic that I <laughs> that I pick up. So I think that's a good indication that you know you're in it and you're having a good time is when it's easy to to read through. So I, I will say that as well, that it it did have a good flow to it. And it, it did feel like a, a, I hate to say this, sometimes comic books kind of, you kind of, at least for me, I'm like begrudgingly have to, having to get into it. <laughs> this one was yeah. like pulling me in and I was able to get through it. So, uh, so I think that's a, it's a, it's a good first attempt. So uh, the congrats to Nicole Maines for being able to, you know, put put pen to paper or keyboard feet you know fingers to keyboards uh to to getting that accomplished so and i think awesome. it was a good introduction to dreamer for i mean i would assume a lot of people who picked up the dc pride issue didn't necessarily watch supergirl maybe didn't even know who dreamer was and i think it's a really strong introduction to the character which is like another tightrope that um that nicole was was walking when she was writing this issue which like a lot of people aren't going to know who dreamer is or what she's about or what she can do and so in a, in a way it's a great introduction to the character like here she is she knows supergirl um you know not that well though um and she's gonna you know this is the different things that she can do with her powers and she's dating brainy and she's funny and like it was a great introduction to the dreamer character and i think would make people who even haven't watched supergirl want to know more about her and I will also say that, you know, sometimes I, I get upset with the show for like being too obvious about what they're doing, you know, when they're like, hey, we're going to do a story about uh, hate and uh, bigotry and we're just going to really tell you everything that we're doing. It's about the seas. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with this, Nicole was able to uh, bring the transgender aspects of Dreamer into the issue without having to be like overt about it. Because sometimes I'm like, you can, you don't have to tell, tell me everything story. You don't have to just lay it all out for me. Just just, uh, you know, give me some subtext. Let me figure it out. And that's what I liked about the the way the art was handled in this issue and the the establishment of kind of what Dreamer's 
goal for, you know, protecting people is at the end, you know, protecting people's freedoms and things like that. So I think it did a good job of connecting the the transgender aspect of the character, but not being so like, I'm going to hold your hand through this and tell you everything. And so that's, that's my preferred uh, way of reading a story or watching a story is not like looking right into the camera and telling you to hope. Uh, Yeah. This was a lot more, you know, it, it got to the point where it wanted to tell you, you know, why these things were important to Nia and what, why they're like, what they're important to her for, and, uh, and bringing it around to sort of the pride aspect of the characters and, you know, the fact that she's a trans superhero. But you're right. Yeah, it was, you know, there was like the freedom to love is all that she's that she sort of talks about, you know, and um, and 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 I thought that that was really good, too. Like we it was a, a very full introduction to the character. Yeah. So I think uh, if you read this, you'll 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 get to know Dreamer and hopefully want to know more about uh, dreamer uh, to, to get you to the show or hopefully get you to more dreamer comics. So I thought this uh, was a good first appearance for dreamer. And so that it's cool that we uh, have the opportunity to talk about that. Cause I know we, you know, on Supergirl radio, we talk about first appearances quite a bit. So this yeah. was uh, dreamers first we, appearance in the comics. Now we'll know what dreamers first appearance is. Oh, we talked about that when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> we read that story. We've already got it. um so that's that's cool well uh thank you for reading that story with me and i think we i think we figured some things out that we we were both Uh, struggling with before we got this is one of those those cases where like uh discussing it actually makes me like it more than yeah i mean i liked it when i read it but i did have some questions and then talking to you i was like oh like oh like i figured out some stuff so you know Book clubs are fun, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. It, other people's experiences and uh, interpretations can uh, elevate and uh, add value to yours. So uh, thank you for sharing your <laughs> opinions, Morgan. That has uh, elevated my experience with the comics. So uh, thank I you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we get to a snap judgment that we have? Uh, sure. All right, so let's get into the intro and we'll be right back. In the game of Snap Judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Well, we have quite a long Snap Judgment. Um for this time and it's it's a little personal i hope that's a little okay it's a little personal. for you we're, we're getting right in there it's uh <laughs> my wedding is coming up so thanks for that uh for, for reminding me uh this one's from mark um he asks which would morgan prefer to happen at her wedding option one it turns out that your correspondent anna is actually a pseudonym used by mike's best man and all is revealed at the wedding reception when his best man toast starts by comparing morgan and mike to car and lena wanders through a meadow of unparable longing and then veers sharply into war famine <laughs> pestilence and death that sounds like anna or <laughs> this is this is an Anna level like uh, length a uh, snap judgment. I will give him that. Or option number two, Morgan's wedding ceremony is suddenly interrupted when Oliver and Felicity walk in, stroll up to the altar, fully expecting that they will be allowed to renew their own vows as part of the proceedings, despite the fact that it's not their wedding. 
No one invited them. They're actually <laughs> fictional characters. And per canon, those fictional characters are, in fact, dead. So <laughs> that's a little bit of a, a, a wink there towards Oliver and Felicity busting into Barry and Iris's <laughs> way. Uh, so, uh, Morgan, I guess uh, you can make the snap judgment uh, based on uh, your side of that situation. Sure, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll base my snap judgment on what, probably what you- on what I would rather see happen. What you'd rather be part of. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hmm. So this is a tough one. This was a tough one because I don't want the best man speech to really bum everyone out. I think that's, I think that's a real important. Downer. I don't think that we want, however, pestilence was my favorite. She's so the, she's the best. Grace was the best. Does Grace pop up at the end? Did you like, <laughs> hey, it's me? Um, okay. Um, hmm. But on the other hand, Oliver and Felicity are there. They want to hang out. They want to do a joint, like a joint thing. They want to overshadow me, definitely. Um, <laughs> that's tough too, because I don't want them there. I don't want them there. I don't want their nonsense. <laughs> I don't want their nonsense in my wedding. Uh, <laughs> They're going to suck all the oxygen out of that room. <laughs> all of the oxygen is, is gone. Um, I don't know. I guess it depends. Okay. So Oliver and Felicity show up. Yeah. Are, are they splitting it with us? Are they split? Are we going halves are they, now? He oh, has a lot of money. They're pay, they paying for it. Uh, they have to pay for it. If they're going to, if they're going to hijack the wedding to rena- renew their vows, they now have to pay for my whole wedding. And so I'm going Oliver and Felicity. I'll let them come. I'll let them do their thing. Oh, we're so quirky. Okay, get out of the way. You pay. You go pay the vendors. Pay the vendors. Let's move on with the wedding. <laughs> you would hope that they would pay for half they of it. They wouldn't, though. I, I think, I they, think would. they would come in, interrupt the wedding, and then do their thing, and then they would just leave, and, and everybody would be like, what, what just happened? They'd be um, like, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you would have to, like, track them down, like, just, uh, like, run after them and tackle them to make sure that they uh, give you some money out of <laughs> Oliver's wallet. <laughs> I think that's fair. Uh, for me personally, uh, as, a, as a person seeing all this unfold, I think I would rather see uh, uh, Oliver and Felicity interrupting the wedding. Uh, I personally would love to see uh, the chaos surrounding that. I I would also have to fight the um, the temptation to uh, yell at them to get out. That would be. <laughs> I mean, Rebecca, think about. This. I want to cause a scene. <laughs> you could stand up dramatically, and you could scream, <laughs> "Get out of here!" You get, and then and then it's like a whole. It's like a soap opera. It becomes like a soap <gasps> opera scene. Where like, where like maybe there's like a tussle and somebody falls into a fountain that suddenly appears. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of perfect. Or somebody could, uh, maybe, maybe Oliver rides in on his motorcycle. He has his green arrow. Yes, he just goes straight down. But instead of interrupting wedding, he's just like, hey, can we just like hop in here for a second? (laughs) (laughs) No, Oliver, no one wants you anywhere. No one wants you here. Uh, yeah, I think that would have the, the most chaotic atmosphere. So I think I would be into that. Uh, let's, let's hope none of those, uh, situations <laughs> happen for cross. just a snap judgment, just for fun. Uh, so we're just gonna, we're gonna leave all of this here at the snap judgment and hope that n- neither of those options happen <laughs> in real life. All right, well, we're going to do our outro and then we'll be right back. No judgments. 
on your snap judgments. All right, well, that's going to do it for our thoughts on DC Pride number one's Date Night featuring Dreamer. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, DC Pride number one is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at Read DC Entertainment. And I guess uh, we should also get to some plugs while we are here and I need to make sure that I get the right plugs uh, for this episode. So uh, we're going to get to some DC TV plugs, uh, DC TV podcast plugs and uh, some super radio plugs too. We've got some of those in there. Uh, So uh, we'll get to some plugs and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you're in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio superman and lois radio the flash podcast and legends of tomorrow podcast backlight and podcast bad woman podcast too Titans and Doom Patrol podcast just for you. Justice League Dark podcast, Green Lantern podcast, Star Girl podcast, Strange Adventures podcast, and finally my favorite of the bunch, DC TV After Dark, where you're allowed to say f- You can't say that on DCF, DC and TV After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we talked about uh, the T Public Store, we do have some Dreamer designs in the DC TV podcast uh, T Public Store. So if you're interested in those and you want some new stuff, uh, go check it out and uh, see what you can find. So um, there's some Dreamer stuff in there if you so desire. Uh, and we would also like to thank our legion of super sponsors, uh, Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Grout, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Shree, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, Deb. Uh, so thank you for that. I think I need to update that graphic now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so thank you to everybody who uh, supports the Supergirl Radio uh, Patreon. If you would like to do that, uh, you can visit uh, su- uh, patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio and uh, choose one of the uh, monthly memberships. And uh, we thank you in advance uh, for doing that. Uh, and I guess uh, I have myself reading all this stuff, but uh, oh, I can, I can, but I can take I, the flat Supergirl. But I think I think Morgan should do the flat Supergirl. Sure. Uh, 
plug because uh, you're so good at that. So <laughs> thank, thank you. As a reminder, now and apparently for always ever, uh, we are running <laughs> we are running a flat Supergirl contest. And you might be asking, what does that mean? Well, it means that you uh, download and print the flat Supergirl image, which you can find in the video description of this live stream, in the notes of the audio podcast or the right side of SupergirlRadio.com. Then you cut out flat Supergirl. And from there, it's really like the world is really your oyster. <laughs> you and Flat Supergirl are going to go on an adventure. But the important thing is that you bring your camera. Mm. Right, Beaker? You have to bring oh. your camera to uh, to capture these images of Flat Supergirl. <laughs> Beaker is so excited. He loves Flat Supergirl. He loves the concept. He loves showing his butt to all of the listeners uh and then goodbye goodbye that was his that was his appearance for the episode and he's gone now <laughs> just enough enough to distract me from flat supergirl and we're back <laughs> so you're gonna take flat supergirl <laughs> nothing just happened you're gonna take her supergirl and just take her on adventures with you and you want to take a creative picture of her it can be a selfie it doesn't have to be and post that picture as many as you'd like to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook and tag at Supergirl Radio. Use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Um, and uh, how long do you have to do this? Infinity, maybe. Uh, <laughs> until the end of the show, whenever that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. November, maybe? <laughs> yeah, we're hoping, I think, for November. Uh, I think that's maybe when the show is going to end, but we, oh. we don't have exact dates for it yet. <laughs> so here's the things that you can take Flat Supergirl on. Your summer vacation. Mm. Um, it, it's uh, it's Labor Day. Uh, so that's exciting. You can take her to your Labor Day party. Snap, snap. Labor Day yeah. party. Um, Halloween. Dress up flat Supergirl in a different <laughs> tiny paper outfit. <laughs> Maybe like a little tiny paper yeah. witch's hat. You can put that on flat Supergirl. Uh, take her trick-or-treating. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she wants to go. Your neighbors are going to think you're weird. It's okay. You can be weird. Flat Supergirl understands you. Um, and you've got like a lot of time and like uh, time to really take Flat Supergirl all over the place because it's going to be maybe a couple of months before the end of uh, Supergirl. So you can really get those contest entries in there. And really get creative because the best picture is we're going to uh, give a prize to the person who has the most creative picture. So <laughs> really try to think of some cool stuff. Uh, I will be uh, do, uh, doing some flat, flat Supergirl stuff, uh, uh, hopefully in Metropolis, Illinois this weekend. Ooh. I'll be uh, I'll be uh, there on Saturday. So if anybody is in Metropolis for Superman celebration, uh, give me a holler at Super, uh, Supergirl radio i just blanked on our email address <laughs> supergirlradio at gmail.com uh if you are going to be at superman celebration maybe we'll have a little supergirl radio uh meetup uh Ooh. i i think uh dr nicole green is going to be there uh, i don't know if that's still the case but if dr nicole green will be there uh, I'm gonna get her to do some Supergirl radio shenanigans, so we'll we'll have some things <laughs> uh, for the next live stream to present. Uh, so Flat Supergirl will be coming with me to Superman Celebration. Uh, if you would like to keep up with me online, you can follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, a personal one that's in addition to this, uh, YouTube.com/slash Duck Milk Prod. I've been analyzing some 
Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice review. So if you're into that, uh, which I know is a very specific uh, kind of person, you would probably <laughs> enjoy that. But if you want to share your thoughts uh, on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's usually when I do it. I've gone ahead and scheduled some things for August because I'm going to be in and out of town. So I'm not going to be able to do every uh, week in August, but you can just check my YouTube channel to uh, see when those dates are. And also... Uh, another place I'm probably going to take Flat Supergirl is Atlanta Comic Con, which is happening Ooh. at the beginning of August. So I have some, uh, let's see if I can do this. I've got uh, overlays while I'm saying some things. Uh, so if you're going to be attending Atlanta Comic Con on August 7th and 8th, those are the two days I will be there. I'm actually going to be doing five panels they roped me into doing five whoa five I, was panels. I was initially gonna do three and they were like hey can you do a few more we got some spots to fill and i was like <laughs> i'll give you two more that's it um so on saturday august 7th at 10 30 a.m i will be doing a panel on Zack snyder's justice league so you can uh, hang out with me there if you want to do that uh, i can't remember what the next one is is it uh let's see this is the podcasting one is next so i'll also be doing a podcasting panel i'm Ooh. calling it fan podcasting tips and tricks uh that will be saturday august 7th at one o'clock p.m where we'll talk about uh, things uh, related to podcasting, probably some live streaming things uh, that we might talk about there. Uh, I also uh, thought I would do a hashtag restore the Snyderverse pitch meeting, which uh, Supergirl Radio listeners uh, should be familiar with the, <laughs> the pitch meeting concept. Uh, this would be uh, Saturday, August 7th at 6 o'clock p.m., uh, where I, you know, I'm going to just open up the floor to people who, to tell me, you know, if you could continue the Snyderverse on HBO Max. What would you want to do? How would you do it? What movies or TV shows uh, would you want to do? And uh, I'm going to play the role of the HBO Max executive uh, who uh, uh, greenlights or rejects the idea. And the best idea is going to get a Zack Snyder's Justice League prize from me. Ooh, so that'll be a lot of fun. That will be a lot of fun. Hopefully people will be game and uh, play along and uh, have a good time with that. Uh, I thought that'd be easy and I wouldn't really have to pre prepare much for it. Uh, <laughs> but it also sounds like a lot of fun. Also on a Saturday, uh, Saturday, August 7th at 6 at 7.30 p.m., I'm going to be doing an Army of the Dead panel. So if you want to come talk about uh, zombies and Zack Snyder zombies specifically, uh, you can do that then. Uh, and I think that uh, ends on uh, Sunday uh, for Supergirl fans uh -huh. specifically. Uh, I'm going to be doing a panel on Sunday, August 8th, which just happens to be my birthday. So oh, <laughs> I'll be my, happy birthday to you. I'll be, I'll be talking about Supergirl on my birthday, which I thought was pretty fitting. That feels right. If I, if I could do anything on my birthday, that's a, that's a good thing to do. So we'll be talking about uh, Supergirl season six. Uh, the final season and uh, speculations, thoughts about what uh, we might see when uh, the show comes back. Maybe we'll talk about uh, our good friend, Garbage Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll try to bring him up. But so, I hope there's a lot of Garbage Man content in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are going to be in the Atlanta area, uh, uh, August 7th and 8th, uh, come see me uh, at Atlanta Comic Con because I'll be doing a lot of things. So there'll be plenty of chances uh, to meet up with me if you're interested. That is exciting. They've got you all over that schedule, huh? <laughs> it's a lot. The reason I like doing Atlanta Comic Con is if you do a panel, you get to go for free. So oh, my gosh. How this. many years are you going to get to go for free now? <laughs> I'm working the system. 
but this is also Atlanta Comic Con's my uh, my kind of uh, way of sticking in people's faces because uh, usually when I go to things like Dragon Con, people are always like, "Oh, Zack Snyder movies," blah, blah. and so Atlanta Comic Con, I'm like. I'm going to do all the Zack Snyder panels. Now I'm just going to deal with it. We're going to talk about those films. And so that's my pledge to myself. Every time I go to Atlanta Comic Con is I'm going to do a Zack Snyder panel. So this year I've been afforded plenty of opportunities to do that. So there's a lot of Zack Snyder representation at Atlanta Comic Con. We have a question from the chat. Um, They want to know if the listeners of Supergirl Radio will get to hear a Sunday's Supergirl Season 6 panel. That's a great question, Claudia. And the answer is probably yes. Uh, (laughs) If uh, all my recordings go to plan, I'll probably have a backup to my backup to my backup. And uh, yeah, so that's the plan is to release that panel as a Supergirl Radio episode. So yeah, you'll be able to listen to it. That's exciting because obviously I can't be in Atlanta, but I can be on my podcast app. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you'll you'll be with me on all those things. And I'm going to record all these panels. So I'll probably put the other ones, the Zack Snyder portions uh, on my personal YouTube channel. <laughs> so if you want to see those as well, uh, you can just uh, hop over there and subscribe. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on the usual places, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Mojotastic uh, as a co-host on DCTV Ether Dark. Um, And as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which we got a random hiatus uh, for Legends of Tomorrow that we like was weirdly well-timed because uh, Amy is on vacation right now. So we're like, cool. Um, So we will be back when the show is back um unless we do uh find time to do a patreon exclusive um but yeah so we will be talking about the uh the later half of this season of legends of tomorrow then apparently we'll get a very tiny hiatus and then back to legends of tomorrow uh because (laughs) of the way that covid affected that shooting schedule is that they're already back shooting season seven which (gasps) is somehow gonna premiere serious in october rebecca what's gonna Season six is going to end like sometime in September. And then season seven, I think is supposed to premiere sometime in October, unless I'm wrong, uh, which is my nightmare. So that's fun. Uh, That is wild. We went from never having anything to talk about with the show and just doing our own random episodes to like all show all the time. (laughs) 12 12 months a year. It's show. That (laughs) is wild. Well, you're gonna have lots of uh, podcasting to do. That's we're, that's we're good. gonna learn so many history facts about <laughs> uh, Amelia Earhart and, and Bonnie and Clyde, and I think it's gonna be great. I appreciated uh, just a couple of episodes ago. Y'all talked about uh, soap operas and uh, how we soap did. operas are shot, and I I was like, I wish Rebecca was here <laughs> to really to really uh, adequately school us on on soap operas i was like i don't know that much about soap opera shooting <laughs> i would love to talk about soap operas so if you ever need <laughs> someone to co- i don't think you'll you'll ever need that really but if you, you never do, know with that uh, show you never know <laughs> i'm actually uh just as a side note at superman celebration um oh i am blanking on the actress's name why can i not ne- uh, she played lana lang on superboy but more importantly, she played Patty Williams on The Young and the Restless. Ooh. And I am so <laughs> excited. I'm probably going to freak out to see Patty Williams from The Young and the Restless. That's going to be my first soap actor uh, to uh, encounter. And so I'm very excited. I mean, 
Nicole Tom, who, who voiced Supergirl, is going to be there. And that's really that's the more exciting. the more important thing. Uh, but Patty Williams from The Young and the Restless is very exciting to me. Uh, so sign it. Yeah, yes. Thank you, Claudia. Stacey Haddock. That's who it is. <laughs> I knew it in the in my mind somewhere, in my mind grapes, but I could not pull it out. So uh, I'm glad to, uh, to have that corrected. Thank you very much, Claudia. All right. Well, we we covered a lot. Uh, we, we initially did. we initially were just going to talk about we the were like this will be comics. a short one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we uh, we we had a lot of ground to cover. So, uh, thanks uh, to everybody who was uh, hanging out with us tonight for the live stream and uh, getting back into some, some of these longer live streams uh, than we sometimes tend to do. Uh, so thanks uh, for everybody's input on the Dreamer comic and just uh, hanging out. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, when doom approaches, Dreamer will meet it halfway. <laughs> I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio.